Good afternoon, Lafayette. Happy end of 2022. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Thrilled to be with y'all here today to round out the year. First of all, thank you to everyone who uh, reached out during and after the Moon Graffon show today. Uh, you are very complimentary. I'm glad to have had y'all with us. Now, to start the show today, I want to actually uh, play the interview I had with Senator Heather Cloud this morning about the upcoming change in pharmacy contract with the Office of Group Benefits and how it affects uh, state employees and retirees. And now, Senator, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm disappointed that this is where we are, um, but I, I'm doing okay. And I wanted to come on air this morning um, and just, you know, fill in any blanks and, and, and answer any questions. But I guess one of the major things I want to do this morning today is uh, basically marks the, the end of the year and mm-hmm. come Monday morning we'll be in that new contract. And I am concerned about state employees and state retirees that are participating in the Office of Group Benefits Health Benefit System that they may have some trouble filling their medicines on Monday morning. And we know that these medicines, many of them keep people alive, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes medicines. All right. So for those who aren't fully aware of it, can you kind of give us a brief little walkthrough of of how we got to where we are, what what the issue is and how we kind of got here? Yeah, this is basically, so it's, the, the problem is it's the PBM, and that's the payment processing, the pharmacy benefits manager is what that stands for. It's the middleman between the insurance company and the pharmacy. It's who processes payments and negotiates uh, pharmaceutical costs. Um, the state enters into a contract. Every health plan enters into a contract with a PBM. So if you're a Medicaid patient, there's PBMs. If you're private insurance, there's PBMs. Well, this is the Office of Group Benefits PBM contract. And um, it's a three-year contract. It's a $2.17 billion contract. Um, and it's, it's, again, being negotiated for three years. And it'll start on January 1st. And uh, the terms of the contract are the problem. The terms of the contract put its members at a disadvantage, um, and it puts the PBM, which is Caremark CVS, and it puts the Office of Group Benefits in a financial advantage, but the terms of the contract put the users, the state employees, in a disadvantage because it limits their ability to use the pharmacies that they want and could potentially at, one, at some point even fill the medicines that they want and need. So I... From what I've read and from what I can gather, this has the potential to create pharmaceutical deserts throughout the state because there are a lot of rural areas that don't have access to these bigger corporate pharmacies. They have smaller independent ones in their area. And this, I really think, creates a a dangerous problem for state employees and state retirees, right? No doubt about it. Um, it's not. It's not whether it does or not. It absolutely does. It it creates pharmacy deserts. I have some in my district, and 
Um, this, which is why both Democrats and Republicans, pretty much every lawmaker in the state has been raising the red flag at the administration saying, we have problems. Our people are not going to have access to their local pharmacies. And whenever you think about that, you think, okay, we're, we're going to have to use a different pharmacy. Well, Ray's pharmacy in Alexandria, which is part of the area that I, um, I represent, mm-hmm. he's got two or three different branches. They fill 15,000 prescriptions every three months for state employees. He is opting out because it is actually going to cost them money to fill the prescription of a state employee. When you think about that one pharmacy not filling 15,000 prescriptions and those being rolled into another pharmacy, maybe it's a chain pharmacy or a larger pharmacy that can swallow the losses, the influx of new patients and new prescriptions coming in on January 1st and into, you know, into this new, new year is going to be so big. Um, I, I can't see any way, and, and many of these pharmacies are understaffed, especially the chain pharmacies are understaffed. I can't, I see trouble on the horizon, and I'm worried about state employees that have health problems and the consequences of what's fixing to happen. Um, I'm worried that there could be some life-threatening situations, and I want to sound the alarm to try to avoid that as much as possible. So what is the legislature's role in this process? Because this seems like an almost arbitrary decision kind of being made by John Bell Edwards, Jay Dar, and the Division of, of, of Administration. What, what, what is y'all's role in this? And is this something y'all, I, I know that, that, that throughout the legislature y'all oppose this, but what was the process for y'all that, and, and how did, again, how did we kind of get here? We have always had oversight over this con- this kind of contract. Mm-hmm. It was up until 2020 where there, there was some language put um, into a law that allows for the legislature, allows for the Office of Group Benefits to try to use something called a reverse auction, mm-hmm. which is where the PBMs bid outbid each other to try to drive down the cost, which would save the state and has saved other states millions into billions of dollars. So it was in an enabling law to allow for them to do it. Well, whenever they, whenever they put that PBM contract into a certain area of law, it has been used as leverage to say that this is a professional contract and that the legislature has no say-so over it. So they're, they're using this as leverage, and that's why, why um, the courts, two times in a row recently, um, they keep referring back to this. I think it was an error mm-hmm. in, that was made. Uh, it says PBM contract, and it probably should have said PBM consulting contract. Um, now they're just classifying it as a professional contract. And when you think about that, just think about that, a PBM is actually providing a service. So they're taking, they're, they're a third-party contractor, they're taking money from health insurance, they're negotiating prices on, on, pharma, on medicines, and then they're sending the money to the pharmacies, and then they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's, and if there's any problems, they claw back, they'll get, you know, refunds from the pharmacies. And so, in essence, it's a service contract. It's not like a, an engineering contract, right. you know? Or, or, or something else that's just um, where they're reviewing some documentation. They're actually providing a service, and this is a gross misrepresentation of what the intent of the legislature was, mm-hmm. and the administration and OGB is using it to their advantage 
to enact this contract and saying that we have no authority over it. I'm, I, this might be a tough question because I think it implies kind of, you know, you assuming what what's going on here. But why would the governor's office not be willing to work with y'all on this? Why why are they just kind of okay? This this says y'all don't have any power here. We're going to go ahead in this. Why wouldn't they? Did they like come sit at the table with y'all and talk about this, or are they just kind of making the decision, saying y'all don't have this power? We do. Well, um, this one, I I, I can't answer that question, what their motive and what their intent is. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the financials, um, it looks like the Office of Group Benefits, the agency, which the governor, that's one of his, you know, one of his agencies that he oversees, there, that agency is getting a huge amount of money from CVS Caremark, $700 million in rebates. And those stem from rebates from pharmaceutical manufacturers. Um, so they're getting $700 million in rebates over the next three years. That's a lot more than um, they have ever seen. I've, I've looked at, I think, last year um, and the year before, this $700 million, I think it was like 90 something million million they got last year. Mm-hmm. And the year before that, it was a little under $200 million in rebates. And so this is the, the most they've ever gotten. And now I'm looking at OGB, who has demonstrated to me, I sit on finance, on the budget committee. I'm the second in command on the budget committee in the, in Senate, in the Senate. Yeah. And they have demonstrated over and over that they're trying to turn this agency into a profit center, and which is Yikes. ludicrous when it's a health benefits program. And so that's what what I'm seeing is another demonstration of them trying to profit the agency trying to profit and what do they do you know they grow their agency usually Mm -hmm. whenever they're bringing in more money that people maybe get raises maybe new positions and so forth but i believe ogb the agency itself has the ability to take some of those rebates that they're getting and make pharmacies whole Mm-hmm. They have the ability to negotiate with pharmacies, all of these pharmacies that are opting out, and make them whole and cover their losses. This isn't just Caremark CVS's fault. They're doing business under the terms of the contract, which I believe is a terrible contract because it leaves so much wiggle room. Mm-hmm. They're doing the business that, and the taking the opportunity that they've been given by OGB, who has not demonstrated proficiency in their contract and even network adequacy in their contract. So what is it that, you know, we've got a legislative session coming up in 2023. Is there anything that y'all could, maybe you can't break the contract, but is there anything that you can do to make sure something like this doesn't happen again? Yeah. I mean, we're going to fix that law that, that where there, it says PDM contract, we're going to remove that and give JLBC back the oversight. Um, And then, I mean, we're, I brought in the legislative auditor mm-hmm. for the state uh, at our last JLBC meeting. Um, I informed the legislature that I formally requested his review of the contract and um, comparing it also to all the other state programs. Oh, here's here's a, a easy way to understand this. If you were a Medicaid patient, mm-hmm. a pharmacy gets. $10.99 dispensing fee 
to fill a Medicaid patient's medicine. Yeah. Under the terms of this contract, that same pharmacy would get 10 cents to fill a state employee's wow. medicine. Not only that, but there's a tax that they have to pay for every prescription, and it's 10 cents. So they, they get nothing, and yet they still have to buy the bottles, print the label, hire the people, the bag, I mean, all the costs associated with doing the work. So it's actually costing them money. So in that scenario, 1099 is what they get for a Medicaid patient in the state, and they get essentially nothing, a negative, for filling a state employee's, patient, uh, state employee's prescription. So, I mean, it's just completely out of line with the other health benefits programs that our state administers. Good Lord, that is absolutely absurd. All right, Senator Cloud, once again, what's the big thing that people who, uh, who have insurance through the state, through the Office of Group Benefits, what's the big thing they need to know right now? Well, I would say today, fill your medicines. If you have medicines that are, you know, at, at the point where you may run out next week, uh, make sure you fill your medicines and you have an adequate today and you have an adequate supply moving into the new year because I, I just see problems mm-hmm. on the horizon and um, I would make sure that you have the medicines that you need for you and your family while all this is getting worked out. Goodness. This, this is, and, and I, I told you when I talked to you earlier today, um, I was a, a, a teacher. My wife is a teacher. We've got insurance through, through her, through the state, and this, this does cause me personally concern, but I know that there are so many state employees, whether it's in uh, the education system or, or in government employees, this does have the ability to really negatively impact a lot of Louisiana residents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are going to continue to work as this isn't over. We're going to continue to work. There's probably going to be more um, lawsuits, litigation. And uh, we set up this oversight committee for the legislature to try to fix these problems. We're going to continue to work. We're not we're not stopping. It's just in the interim. I'm afraid that people will suffer. And I want our people, our state employees and retirees, to be as equipped come Monday morning as possible to make sure that they're, you know, taken care of health-wise. And I am so sorry if Heather Cloud, State Senator Heather Cloud, had the ability unilaterally to stop this and fix it, what is clearly unjust and wrong. Yeah. If I had the ability to do it myself, I would have already done it three months ago. Senator, thank you very much for calling in and updating our listeners on that. I hope that you have a great weekend and look forward to a solid 2023 for you and our Republican legislature as they meet in the coming months. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, and we will be back right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, be glad to visit with you as we wrap up the year here on KPL. All right, so... It's been a very long year, and I really wish that I could say that I had planned some big end-of-the-year like wrap-up, like here's all the top stories or whatever, and I did write like a, a top national stories you know, article at uh, kpl965.com. You can go see that, but the truth of the matter is this. I'm just worn out, and I've, I've kind of noticed. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of, of behind-the-scenes information. Um. On the national political writing scene, 
uh, any place that writes news or commentary is seeing a pretty big decrease in their online traffic right now. And it it very much looks like there is some burnout among folks who are they're, they're just tired. They're tired of the heavy partisanship. They're they're tired of the infighting and the division and they're not paying attention to a lot of the stuff that you and I would pay attention to on a normal day. And in fact, a lot of a lot of y'all, me included, a lot of the people that I, I'm friends with in the political realm, they're also tired of it. We've hit this point where we've talked about it so much and the election cycle was such a big consuming part of the discourse that everybody just wants to take a nap, a mental nap for a while and maybe restart in the new year. Of course, for us here in Louisiana, there is no break because as soon as 2023 hits, we've got the gubernatorial election and the legislative election. We've got all that to deal with, too. And I wanted to take a couple minutes to say this because occasionally we need to be reminded about it. It's okay to turn it off. It's okay, even if you day in and day out read and participate in the discussions of and and constantly look at all this stuff that happens in the political world. We read all these articles. We read uh, all the comments. We watch the news. We watch the clips. We, we take part in all of this. It's okay to take a while to just turn that off. And if you haven't yet, I'm not saying that you need to. It may be something you truly like enjoy doing all the time. But I live in that world every day. Here, my, my schedule, so you guys know. Before I come up here to the station, usually come up here around 11 a.m., the three hours before that, I'm writing and copy editing at Red State. Most nights when I leave here after offsides, I'm copy editing and writing at Red State. So bookending my time here at the station during the day, I have Red State on either side of that. Now, it's not every night, and the weekends I have a lot of time off from it, and I try to make sure that that my weekends aren't too too, uh, inundated with that stuff. I have to take time away from it because you can just tell after a while this kind of thing really does drag you down. And we already have enough negative things in our lives. We're all worried about money. We're all worried about the social issues around us. Those of us who have kids, we're worried about kids in our school, worried about social issues surrounding them. This stuff can be heavy and this stuff can weigh you down. And me as somebody who is in that world quite a bit, I know that I have to turn it off. And it may be that some of y'all haven't realized 
that you you can turn it off and you can just not pay attention to it for a while. And it's okay. I know oftentimes we think about it as a battle between the forces of good and evil. Our side is good. Their side is evil. Whatever your side may be, because I know there are some people who are progressive who listen to this show. But at the end of the day, we don't need to be fighting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months, 12, uh, four weeks a month, 12 months a year. We don't have to fight the battles every day. One of the, uh, it was Cornelius at the end of Moon's show today, called in uh, during the, the statewide hours of the show, called in and mentioned that it was godlessness. Godlessness is kind of getting us to where we are. And, and, and to an extent, I agree with that. Again, I'm not, I'm not an evangelical. I'm not a proselytizing type person. But it is very noticeable that in a society that has turned away from God in many ways, we actually have started to fill the void where a religious belief should be. We started to fill that void with politics, with the cults of personality surrounding politicians, whoever your particularly favorite politician is. We've tried to replace a religious belief, something that emotionally, psychologically, we yearn for. We yearn for an explanation of the world around us. We yearn for a deeper meaning in things. That's one of the reasons why religion is so appealing to so many people. But we live in a postmodern society that has attempted to reject what psychologically and emotionally we deeply crave. And so we try to fill it with something else. We try to fill it with the secular. We try to fill it with hedonism. We try to fill it with politics. And in 2022, we filled it to overflowing with politics. And things have gotten so much worse. We are not a nation that's healing. We are a nation that's more divided than ever. And we're a nation that really and truly needs to come back together. Uh, a couple years ago, I, I had a podcast uh, that I was doing with a friend of mine who at the time was working at the Daily Advertiser, Lee Gidry. We had a podcast called Homestyle. The episodes are actually still uploaded. You can go and find it. You can listen to some of those old episodes. Lee and I had this idea that what we really needed to focus on were the things that bring our families together. Hobbies, traditions, holidays, crafts, cooking, the stuff that really brings us and our families together and at a larger extent, friends and family, uh, our communities together. I really and truly believe, I said it this morning, I'll say it again, I really truly believe that, that this show, the conversations that you guys and I have on the air, off the air, some of y'all reach out through social media, the conversations we have help. Because we can build a community with each other. And 
I've seen some of y'all out in the community and we've talked and you've told me about the show. You told me you listen, everything like that. And and that legitimately makes me feel good. I like hearing that people are listening and I know y'all are listening because if I said I had something to give away right now during the break, the lines would just light up. But it's not just you guys listening to the radio and us building a relationship. We need to remember that we have friends and family and neighbors that we want to get together with. I haven't gotten together with a group of my friends uh, outside of me going to substitute at my old school. I haven't gotten together with a lot of those friends in quite some time, and I'm really missing it right now. And I really do want to find a night where I can go visit with them and just chill. Haven't done it yet, hoping to do it soon. But coming together with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family, I mean, truth be told, there's still far too many of us, more than we would want to admit, that even when we're in the same room as our family members, if we're communicating with them, it's through text message or social media. And at the end of this very long year, I really do think we need to take this weekend and stop and rethink this sort of thing. Come 2023, we're going to be back into the politics of the day. We're going to be back into the news of the day. I'll be telling you the headlines. I'll be giving you my analysis and breakdown. You'll like some of the things I say. You'll hate some of the things I say. We'll go back and forth on that. But today... Tomorrow, Sunday, for those of you who are off on Monday like I am. It's not the worst idea to just take a moment, sit down, take a deep breath, and just push it all out. And try to reconnect with the people who are important in our lives. It's not a bad idea for us to reconnect. Because really, deep down, that's what we need right now. We need to fill that, that hole in our, in our hearts that we filled with politics and the news of the day and the outrage and the division and the rhetoric. We need to fill that with something else, something good, something wholesome, something right. We cannot fight this battle all the time. And I really and truly think if any of you believe in the whole New Year's resolution thing, We as a society, we as a country, we as a community, we as an audience, we as people who take part in this every day, whatever group you want to say, whatever social group you want to say, we collectively should have this resolution to remove this ideological, this political, ideological, cult of personality type thing. We need to strip that out and fill that part of our hearts, that part of our minds with something more wholesome, more community-based. Because at the end of the day, that's what we really need. We need each other more than we need the day-to-day political fight. I hate to sound preachy. Apologies. I've just, I, I realized this morning when I woke up. Um, so I never do this. I, this is not something that happens to me 
But last night I couldn't sleep because every time I fell asleep, all of a sudden I had some weird dream where I ended up late to Moon's show to host. I have no idea why my anxiety manifested that way today. No clue. But that's how it manifested today. And, it, and I'm sitting here exhausted now, realizing that it's because I've poured so much of myself into this day after day, and I need the break. And I think a lot of y'all do too. All right, before we take our break, we do have a caller on the line. Hey, is this Chad? Yes, sir. Hey, Chad, how are you? Doing well, sir. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's to you. Keep up the good work, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Joe, listen, um, I caught the tail end uh, when Mr. Cornelius was the last call on the Moon Gaffon show that you were hosting, and Cornelius was right on. There's some things I agree with Mr. Cornelius. There's some things I disagree with him, but I have to totally agree with him 110%, 100 to 100%. We need to put our trust in the good Lord. Absolutely. And, I agree. Uh, you know, and that's like I said earlier, with this state, this country lacks leadership. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden is soft as Charmin toilet tissue paper. And John Bellows is just as worse. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and but, you know, and our state legislation is just as worse as well. Yeah, I, I do not disagree with any of that, Chad. The state, this country needs leadership, and uh, that's why this country needs, you might agree or disagree, we need Donald Trump or Ron DeSantos. Yeah. Or Christy Nome. We need something. We need something badly. Chad, I got to take a break, but again, good to hear from you today. Glad to hear from you. Same here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. All right, those of you, I know a couple of y'all were trying to call in. We're going to go ahead and take this break. When we come back, your calls again, 232-1542, your messages uh, on the KPL app chat back in just a minute here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, the very last of the year. You know, on January 10th, so not this coming Tuesday, but the next, it'll be the one year anniversary of this show. I can't believe I've been on the air here for a year already. That's uh, kind of mind-blowing. It, it feels like no time at all. And uh, to wrap up the year, it's been a stellar year. Um, it has been a very life-changing year for me. Uh, leaping from education to radio full-time, uh, you know, a few months before that. Uh, you know, coming here after school every day to do a show, uh, talk to you guys for an hour each day. Uh it has really, it's been an honor to, to be here on the radio with y'all. And, and I don't, I'm not just like saying that as like fan service or whatever. It's legitimately how I feel. It has been absolutely an incredible journey to get here. And I'm glad that you guys have been here with me. Several of y'all have been here from the start. You call in every now and then. You reach out every now and then. And I, I cannot say enough uh just how much I've enjoyed being with you this year and look forward to many more years of doing that. Um, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, got just a, a, a little bit of time left, uh, but feel free, like, send a message to the KPL app, you know, over the weekend if you want to just, you know, make mention me, 
whatever. I'm be glad to talk with you guys. Uh, as I've mentioned time after time, you can find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, Joe Cunningham Show uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com. I try to respond to the emails and, and the reaching out and everything there. Joe at redstate.com is the email address. Just plenty of ways for y'all to reach out. If Because I, like I said, you know, I, I do think of y'all as like part of a community. I, I think we're all in this community together. And I do want to see this community grow. All right. So that's going to do it for the year. Like I said, been an absolute honor. Right now, I need the Fighting Irish to come back in their bowl game. They're down to uh, South Carolina right now. I'm not thrilled about that. But, hey, on Monday, go Tigers. You guys have a fantastic weekend and a happy new year. I will talk to you before you know it right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Coming up next, Shannon is offsides. It looks like old school nerds with him. You guys are in for a treat. Y'all have a great weekend. Talk to you next year.